0: Hi there, and welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here as always with uh, Games Boss at Giant Space, Capriana Wu. How you doing, Brie? Woo!
1: I'm feeling it this week. I have pneumonia. I'm high on four different medications right now. I don't even know the words that are coming out of my mouth right now. Anything could happen today.
0: So it's business as usual then.
1: That's right. Okay. <laughs> More so. No. No usually, one will notice the difference. No one will notice. There's usually a little voice in the back of my head that's going, "Brianna, you shouldn't say that." That that doesn't exist. But That's the this voice week. that you
2: ignore. No, that's actually no, Frank. I
1: I listen to it. I do listen. <laughs> I don't to think him. I
2: think Frank's taking her on. No, Frank, He, he holds me back. That's what he I'm does. saying. He
1: does. Does he? Frank vetoed an entire segment today on isometrics. I I pulled Frank before this because I'm having like these feverish, uh, you know, nightclub influenced (laughs) dreams. I'm like, Frank, I've got the best idea to like drive Steve up the wall. And he's like, Oh, Brianna, you don't want to do that. Please don't (laughs) do that. That would be really bad. I think it's only fair if you then just share
3: all the drugs you're on.
1: Right, right. We can, they're all legal. I swear they're all legal. It's NyQuil. It's DayQuil. It's some other quills.
0: It's great. I feel awesome. Yeah, whatever
3: whatever concoction you're on, I feel like we should all be on that at the same time, because then it's fair.
0: Yeah, it's an unfair advantage that you have there, actually, I I think. I
1: feel it. Can I tell you the best part of having pneumonia? (laughs) I sound and feel exactly like Captain Adama from Battlestar, like, because my voice is so scratchy that, like, yesterday I'm like... Damn it, Starbuck. You've got to go out there and save the, like, you know, I can barely even speak. It's so bad. So. Say
2: frack. Frack. There we go. God's That's pretty
1: good. damn it. There you go. We got it. Usually, got when it. I'm
3: sick, I just wake up looking like Captain Adama. So,
1: well, there, yeah. Uh, there, there's a reason this isn't a video show today.
0: Yeah. yeah, or or any week for that matter. Nobody week. wants to. Yeah, nobody right, wants to look at right. my face for an hour for sure. Steve. Oh, yeah. So we also have a psychotherapist and senior editor at I'more and Falcon Lord uh, Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia?
2: I like that one. I'm keeping that one.
0: <laughs> I, I've been informed that that was how I have to introduce you from yes, now on. Yes.
2: So we got that on an email. I'm like, I'm keeping that. That is great.
1: Have you talked to Renee <laughs> about making that like, your official title at iMore? Because I, I would read it. that column. It's like ten <laughs> things you need to know about the iPhone by Falcon Lord Georgia Dow. I want right. my
0: articles from iMore delivered by Falcon personally. Actually, that I don't. One, I'm, see that I don't want RSS. I want FSS. <laughs> that,
2: <laughs> that would make it really popular. I think yeah. that a lot. Of, I would want that as well.
0: I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I think you need to make this happen. I mean, you know, you have enough you have enough money to fly out to, you know, every every two minutes when Apple decides to announce another product, I think you should take some of that travel money, you know, skip one of these crappy products that they're announcing and just go buy a Falcon.
2: Well, I bet Boston Dynamics is going to be getting some sort of mechanical Falcon to send out stuff. They have like the creepiest holiday video just saying. Yeah. That's like Santa right around with the corner
1: like... from my house, too. Yeah. It,
2: yeah. Oh,
0: I drive scary. by there every day um, to and from work. It's yeah. yeah it's I, I, I'm... You do
2: know what that means, right?
0: That that my car is gonna be the first one to be taken over by the robots. Right, yes. exactly. That's exactly Yes. <laughs> that's
2: exactly it. Buy huge magnets now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or or an EMP or something.
1: Come on, serious question
0: though. Okay, really serious question.
1: Like, if there were a zombie apocalypse slash aliens take out like Xenomorphs take over the earth slash, you know, whatever. Like, wouldn't you bet on Brianna Wu to survey survive that? Oh, I'm because, going right to your house. Right. Like, I think I would do very well in the zombie apocalypse. Like, I would I get stuff done, I've seen The Walking Dead, I'm ready to do this. <laughs>
2: That's the, that's the first precursor. I don't know if you should watch The Walking Dead. They do some of the silliest things to fight zombies. I'm just saying. You're like, yeah, nah, maybe keep moving. Don't stop. Keep, keep see, moving. See, because I can ride a motorcycle,
1: right? Cause you I've can, to but CDR. you need gas. Yeah. Uh, motorcycles see, just are very come to, gas efficient. Just, just yeah.
2: come to Canada. Zombies won't come to Canada. They freeze over in the winter and you can just walk around. They'll just be stuck.
0: Or they'll, right, tra- or they'll right. come up to you and they'll try to eat your brains and you'll say, please don't do that. And they'll say sorry and walk away. That's yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. All right. So all right. we are also uh, joined this week by uh, a special guest, uh, YouTube personality and superstar, <laughs> Jenny McQueen. Thank you for coming and, uh and hanging out with us this week. Woo!
3: Woo! Party! Again, I really – I should go just take a swig of quilt just so I can fit in
1: more. <laughs> you should do it. You should do it. <laughs>
3: About 20 minutes later, I'll just be asleep.
1: Yeah, the, you'll crash by Well, That'll happen anyway on this show. But no, I have Jane, I have to tell you, I love your work. I love your work for so many reasons that, you know, so a, sweet, I, I really mean this. I really mean this, that, you know, so often, um, you know, a. I I feel like women on YouTube that talk about games and stuff like that and, like, fandom – I feel like sometimes it's it's not really filled with substance so much. And what I love is every single time you put out a video, like, you do entertain people, but there is so much substance to what you talk about. You've talked about ways that the cosplay community can be unwelcoming. You've talked about fights with depression. You've talked about, I mean, just really real stuff. And I I want to tell you just how much... I I really admire the degree of talent you bring to YouTube, and I'm just thrilled you would be on our show today.
3: Thank you. I mean, again, you guys were like, "Hey, would you like to come talk about video games?" I'm like, "Well, obviously." That's,
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Why wouldn't come I on. want to
3: do that? That's insane.
1: Absolutely. Um,
3: but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where again, like, I you know grew up playing video games, and you know started cosplaying when I was 17. So it's one of those things where I've just been doing this stuff and been in fandom for so long and i've seen like generations of change happen and it's just becoming an entirely different landscape of everything and it's just really interesting to see what's going on but also that's like i feel like we're finally getting to the point we can like address things which is,
1: absolutely you know, i mean you know this has really become the i i saw an article that came out it was talking about how this is the year 2016 needs to be the year that we admit that women are part of geekdom Right. Like this is the year that it's not surprising that women like love Star Wars and can do Final Fantasy tactics, role play and stuff like that. Like it's it's it it needs to get through the head of the culture that like this belongs Mm -hmm. to us, too. You know, like it's it's ridiculous at this point. Ridiculous.
2: We Uh like all the same stuff that everyone else does. Women are people.
1: Whoa. Yeah.
0: Whoa. wow wow well hang on hang on georgia let's Whoa. not say things we can't take back now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. We'll but I, I guess i'm glad that my daughters don't they're, they're like surprised when i tell them some of this stuff that they have to work at, that they have to worry about because i start like my my oldest just got a battle net account to start playing hearthstone a few weeks ago and like then we're going through well what do we choose for a gamer tag and it's like oh well that's that's not that's actually a difficult decision and then you know and then having to go through well don't accept friend requests from anybody because some of these people are not going to be nice to you if you beat them and like really like I, she gets upset when people are not polite and like don't use the polite emotes in Hearthstone like oh honey you're you're <laughs> you that's that's I'm glad that you're upset about that and I hope that you're always upset about that but
1: I have a perfectly appropriate uh gamer tag for your daughter Steve yeah, uh-oh. Yeah, it would be bringing on motherfucking 9000. <laughs>
0: That's actually that, what she chose. How did you know that?
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Probably because Rhi was, was texting her some ideas. I, I will. I will. I will. I totally, next time I'm over there, I'm going to be like, give me your phone
0: number. We'll text and plan together. <laughs> Like, why am I blocked? Why did your <laughs> yeah. daughter block me? It's like, what? wait, I had iMessage on the iPad of last oh, week. Well, what happened right. to it?
2: What right. happened? Where did it go?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we needed to take that off because Auntie Brie was sending you too many text messages. That's and true. it was costing us, us money. No, it wasn't. Cool. But yeah. So what, what
2: are the chances, Brie, that by the end of the podcast you're going to sound like Darth Vader? I'm just asking.
0: Uh,
1: you know, if we keep if I keep this energy up, one to one. I know excited. I can pull in a Kylo Ren.
0: <laughs> I know yeah? I can do
1: that. Yeah? yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah,
0: let's. Okay, so why, why no, don't, okay. don't we before before Brie turns into a Sith IRL? We should probably <laughs> talk about video games. <laughs>
1: that sounded very Sith-like, actually.
0: Yeah. Oh, Sorry. wow.
1: Yeah, I feel great. That sounds yeah.
0: not good. That okay. does not sound good. Yeah, that definitely great. sounded like the dark side coming out of you. That
2: was the yeah. dark. That was something. <laughs> so,
0: something. Uh, so speaking uh, speaking of what we were just talking about, there was this survey that came out. uh Did Pew Research Center did Pew Pew Pew, <laughs> pew. Sorry. a Pew Pew sur- <laughs> survey. I could help it. Uh, it is fun to say, isn't it? It is. Um, so it was asking people um, whether they played games or not and whether they identified as a gamer or not. And, and the results were very interesting because the uh, – about half of the adults that they surveyed um, said that they played games in one form or another, which, which is pretty consistent with – Um, with some of the surveys that we've talked about on this show before and and a lot of the a lot of the demographics that we've seen except that what's interesting is that of them only a much smaller subset described themselves as a gamer and was willing to self-identify as that and the the demographics of people who played games versus who described themselves as a gamer were actually very different so the the people who played just who played games were more across the board and were more split uh, by gender. And people who identified as gamers skewed much more male and lower income, apparently. And they also had very different views on a lot of the questions that they asked around diversity in games. Um, like, it, are women portrayed poorly in most games? And, and 35% of them... Uh, said no compared to 26% of people who play games at all and 11% uh, who don't play games believe mm-hmm. that women were uh, were not portrayed poorly in games and <laughs> same <safety> thing with minorities.
1: <laughs> I want to meet those 11% of people. Like, yeah. maybe they have some vision problems? Or, well, they I haven't played know. games, so yeah. they don't know, right. I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and also the, the the question of, do you agree with the statement, most games are not a waste of time? Like, over half of people who identified as gamers... Uh, agreed with that whereas 35 percent of game players and 13 percent of people who didn't play games agree with that statement which which i mean makes sense when you when you base your when you decide to tie your identity to that right. so I, I thought that this was inter- this is the first time that we've really seen uh, the question asked you know do you identify as a gamer versus do you play games um i don't think that this was necessarily surprising um, but mm-hmm. this was definitely makes a lot of sense based on what we've seen over the past like year and a half or so. Well,
2: there's a lot of negative connotation that goes with the word gamer. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> our society really does deem gamers as, you know, wasting their time. That's all that they do. They don't eat or leave the comfort of their own cave. Okay, Um, Mom, I've heard this before.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Get off those games. They're
2: melting your brain. Right. Um, So I can fully get that even people that play games are like, well, I'm not a gamer. And also I think that there's a huge barrier to entry of what would be a gamer. Like you have to be hardcore. You have to play on the hardest level all the time. You have to spend copious amounts of your money and time in order to do that. You know, there are some people that will do that. And, you know, if you can do that and survive in life, awesome. But like a lot of people play games, they enjoy it, but that's not the the primary thing in their life right now. So at certain ages, people have to work because they have to eat. And so that probably takes up a good deal of their time. And that's why they may not feel themselves as gamers.
3: I think also just with <clears throat> just with women wanting to, you know, not wanting to be identified as much as a gamer, quote unquote, I mean, it's. There's, I think, there's multiple things that are going into it. I mean, obviously, the gaming community isn't exactly the most welcoming place on earth. <gasps> really? Um, wait, wait, really? really? Wait, why? Really, yeah, I know, right?
1: Really? Yeah,
3: I don't mean mm-hmm. to blow your guys' minds like this early into the podcast. <laughs> Jesus, I probably should have put a little like. I mean,
0: talk about beforehand. talk about speaking truth to power, really.
3: <laughs> um, but I also think it is like a very yeah. We're talking about like identifying as something. It's the same as any community. You want to feel like you fit in somewhere. And, you know, I think that that speaks greater, you know, to the whole, okay, lower class, lower income, white men seem to want to belong somewhere. (laughs) And this is one way for them to feel like they belong into some, you know, group, no matter what it is.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think anyone on the outside can very clearly see that we kind of have an inclusion problem in in the game industry. And I think it's, you know, the part of this survey that really uh, struck me wasn't so much to the gender stuff. It was that uh, people that identify themselves as gamers are poorer than just people that play other games. And I was thinking, um, you know, I was thinking about this week how Um, I've been playing a lot of a game on my phone called Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, and uh, just before Force Awakens comes out, they roll out the new kit where you can spend $99 to unlock Kylo Ren and um, Captain Phasma and get a few other things. Yeah, I was thinking about the riots that would happen if, like, they did that on a console, unveiled, like, a $99 piece of DLC. But, you know, on the phone, um, like, clearly they priced it at that point for a reason. And, like, I when I play people, I see a lot of Kylo Ren's these days. And, you know, there's clearly consumers that are willing to, to buy that. So, you know, I think that um, it, it explains a lot about... Gamer culture, I think. But, yeah, you know, Jenny, you're really, I, I think you really hit the nail on the head that it's about wanting like a place to belong.
3: Yeah, and I think it's, you know, looking at it from a broader scale of just, you know, what other large groups are specifically dominated by white men? You know, I mean, right. there, there comes to be a certain point where you're like, okay, this has clearly already been kind of taken over and labeled as a certain thing,
0: right. regardless
3: of the fact that you know, women and people of color and everything like we, you know, we've been around and playing games for most of our lives, but we, you know, I, we don't want to be like, oh, I'm a gamer because the idea of that to us is a very different thing to them. And I think people that identify as a gamer, see gamer as a positive thing. right? Whereas the rest of the universe hears gamer and thinks, oh, you're, you know, you're kind of weird. You're kind of, you know, sitting in your mom's basement. (laughs)
1: so this is something i wanted to ask you um you know like the other day like i was flying back to i was flying out to california and you were like showing your final fantasy tactics cosplay and like that is a game what year did that come out was it 1998 and it was such a different like universe back then like 1998 it was very very different for like girl geeks i think and
3: it was it was extremely different
1: (laughs) so i mean how did you perceive it it back then because our audience doesn't know you
3: well also I mean back you know in the there there was a what there wasn't a lot of interaction with other gamers at that right. time. Right. You know you weren't going online to talk on you know about whatever game and get bombarded by like thousands of guys telling you you know oh you're not a real gamer or, you're not this or this or that. It was more of like a you know in 98 I was uh, 17 so it wasn't like I was online all day kind of talking to everybody else. I was just talking to like my friends about it or you know, whatever. Like, I started to go to anime conventions around that time and was like, oh, there's other people that are nerdy like me. This is great. And, you know, once you start getting into, like, the actual fandom in the community, that's when you start to get the more negative responses. But um, also, as a woman, especially back when I started cosplaying, cosplay back then, there, were, there, there weren't very many people doing that back in the, like, 90s. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so... When I started out, like, cosplaying, it was a very... I was a very, like, big fish little pond thing. Uh Where there were only, you know, a few women that were actually, like, doing this. And I, like, had a website and things like that where most people didn't have those. And so it was just a very different thing. But it was also like, hey, look, I like these games enough to, like, dress up as them. Obviously, you know, that's a thing. But you were always, I think from the beginning... From as soon as I started going to conventions, you know, you always had that. And now I need to try to prove that I'm, you know, uh, that I fit in. I have to prove that I play games. I have to, you know, kind of prove it every single day. Whereas, you know, a guy walks into a convention and they're like, oh, clearly you belong here.
1: Right. You know, and this happens, it happens so often. Like, uh, to me, this is what's most frustrating is I can't tell you how many times I've been at a professional event. And I've been talking about, you know, women in technology issues. And I will be talking to someone that describes it as, like, we or our, like, in referring to technology or the game industry. And it's like, you know what? Like... I love games so much that I went and learned how to make them and I built my own studio and I wake up in the morning and I build games and like I network in this community. And Like this is why I'm dedicating my life to building. It is so frustrating that this assumption that it's their culture when it's our culture, but that, that statement in saying that it constantly like pushes all of us out because I, I I do this at colleges all the time that I'll, I'll ask young women in the audience, like, you know, they're in their twenties and i will be like, um, are you a gamer? And they'll say, like, oh no, no, God, no, I'm not a gamer. And I'll say like, well, do you have a game Candy Crush on your phone right now? And they're like, yeah, I love those games. And it's the culture. I talk to them. They're like, well, the culture just seems really dark and intimidating. It seems like it's not for me. And I think if anything, I, you know, the actions of 2015 and late 2014 show just how reflexively our entire gamer culture is unwilling to reflect on any of this. And it's it's really sad.
0: Yeah, And I think the other thing is that it's, you know, identifying as gamer kind of it represents you tying your identity to video games in more of a singular way as opposed mm-hmm. to somebody who plays games even a lot, but that's not the entirety of their of their identity. Right. And, and I think that especially, like I'm, I was thinking about the, the income thing too, because I'm like, it surprised me until I thought about it. And it's like, well, gaming is an expensive hobby. And if you're getting into games, and, and especially because they said you, people who were, uh, in that income bracket, we're less likely to play games, but more likely if they did to identify as a gamer. And that makes sense, because gaming is an expensive hobby. And if you are, you know, spending that percentage of your income on something that's going to become your identity, presumably, or it's going to be very strongly tied to what you do, because you you're dedicating a large percentage of your resource resources toward it
1: absolutely
0: yeah but i mean like i'm not going to go into like a meeting you know when they go around and have everybody introduce themselves and say oh yeah and i'm a gamer like i'm not going to do that like in in, you know my office because there's still a stigma attached to that by people who are outside that that community and i mean i don't even know that i would want to anyway because there's you know i mean as much as obviously i'm you know games are a big part of my life i'm doing this podcast right now like i don't know that i would use that word to describe myself in that in that situation just because it's not you know the entirety of my life and it's not the entirety of my identity it's a big part of it but it's not the entirety of it
1: do you really think so though do you really think normal people still have animosity towards gamers oh yeah
0: i think really i think so do you
1: think so georgia
2: of animosity is, is the uh, the right term for it. I, I think they that, have a
0: stereotype.
2: Yes, I do think so. I think that there's still a stereotype against gamers. I think that stereotypes are one of those hard-set things in culture, and it takes as the generation gets older, and so people that had video games in their lives can still continue to play them, and you can see that by the, the mean age of people that play ge- video games is increasing. Um, and so I think that that stereotype will go down, but it's still out there. I still hear people talk about it and most will – unless they are hardcore gamers will disparage playing video games um, with a, as, as a part of what you do. I don't think that it is if you play it for a little while. But yeah, I, I see that a lot still happening.
0: There, there's like some sort of a bright line between playing Candy Crush on your phone and being a gamer. And, and I think the perception is still – even though so many people do play games and play games on consoles, I mean, you look at how much Fallout 4 made. There was somebody who was posting something on Twitter that Fallout 4 m- made more money than Star Wars did in the opening weekend. Now, granted, you have a lot more people seeing Star Wars than you do buying Fallout 4, but still the num- the, the revenue numbers are are around the same. And But I think that even the, even that being the case, there's still the perception of somebody who is sitting in their basement eating Cheetos... Uh, for like twenty hours straight, you know, shooting people in the head and that and doing, great. And doing that horrible things with their that. dead body. <laughs>
1: oh, I love Cheetos! I love
0: Cheetos! I love Cheetos. Uh, Cheetos
2: are fabulous.
0: Yeah, you know, getting the big the big jar of cheese balls from from the warehouse oh, store. Yeah, have those, in the States.
2: those big huge. Like cheese balls, those like those canisters that are like, you know, 16 gallon canisters of Cheetos. They only have those in the States. I always see them and I'm like, I want that.
0: I will trade you those for all dresses. But
2: trips. how would I? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I don't know how I would smuggle them across the border, but whatever.
1: I mean, I know there's some truth in what you're saying, Steve. I mean, I remember I remember I was um, when I first got into the industry and started doing game development. I remember being at a party And I remember talking to this woman and I remember she's like, what do you do? And I'm like, um, I'm an engineer. She's like, Oh, and I'm like, I Mm. develop video games. She goes, Oh, (laughs) and, and she just stares at me with this animosity.
2: I love the awe when you first say like an engineer. Right. And then what you do, it's like that little, like, like oh
1: right it's like <laughs> you're the demon that stole my children from me and she started just talking yeah. about how impossible it is for her to get her son who was in high school to do anything but play video games right. and like you know and i'm like i wanted to be like get off his back mom come on like you know <laughs> but you know it's like i i get it but you know we're also running up against uh a cultural force that, I mean, the reason that gamer has such a negative con- connotation, I think is because as great as this community can be. And look, I love going to PAX. I love gamers. I love being around game developers. That's why you I do this us. for a profession. I, I love you, Georgia. Yeah, I love cool. you. And I love you, Steve. And I love you too, Jenny. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, I think that, it's harmful to have a group of people that genuinely feel put off. Like, they're being persecuted because someone's going to make fun of them for liking Dragon Age, yep. you know? And it, it just, it, it creates this defensiveness where yep. it's really hard to, like, talk about bigger issues. Like, the reason women, I, I don't know any women that enjoy playing games on audio on XPLA. I just don't because it's a terrible experience, you know?
3: No, I'm a completely antisocial gamer. I don't do anything where I have to interact with other human beings. I, I'm like no, thank you. I will be safe alone in my home.
0: <laughs> love it, love it. It's probably better. You're probably better off that way anyway. But. Seriously, people are. You terrible. see,
2: I I feel so I feel differently about it because I can uh, I can like hide hide behind my psychotherapist because when I go to like a party, everyone's like, oh, what does everyone do? And I don't say what I do because that puts people off, right? Like everyone's right. like chatting with me, we're laughing around, and like, yay, ha ha, and they're all telling me you know, horrible things that they've done to people in their lives and stuff, and we're laughing about it. And then they ask, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a psychotherapist. And then it goes the, oh.
3: Wait, what kind of people are you hanging out with exactly?
2: Right, right. (laughs) Well, just, you know, yeah. People just, anyways, they they think that we will be psychoanalyzing people all the time. I'm like, you have to pay me to do that. I don't do that unless I'm paid to do that. (laughs) But then I get to throw out that I'm a gamer, and they're like, oh, you're like us. You are normal. And so for me, it kind of like takes the edge off of what i do for a living
0: (laughs) yeah i I just tell people that i work in it and then they go on to the next person so it's uh
2: (laughs) (laughs) one of the highest stressful jobs by the way
0: yeah tell me about it no
1: no twitter feminist is the most stressful job (laughs) on the planet
0: i I don't actually i wouldn't actually be able to ask for hazard pay like you do so it's you know it's still a step below there but absolutely right right, absolutely sure for sure all right, so, let's move on. Yeah, yeah, so I guess we can we we should move on to. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus! So speaking speaking of uh, speaking of, you're, you're sounding.
2: I'm, I have to say, sorry. I feel great. Apologies. Yeah,
0: you sound great. I feel you great. You sound
2: actually more like Gollum.
0: Okay, great. <laughs> Dude, great.
1: Just you know. My precious, my precious. Uh, I
0: feel awesome. Yeah, you sound awesome. Yeah. Um. So I guess speaking of you know being in a basement for twenty hours straight eating Cheetos and playing Fallout. Uh, there's actually a story that came out this week that there is a a person in Siberia who uh bought Fallout Four and then spent the three weeks after launch. He stopped sleeping, he stopped eating, he ignored his friends, and then his uh, his wife I believe left him and he lost his job obviously and now he 's suing the he 's suing Bethesda for damages he's only he's suing for seven thousand dollars for emotional distress and you know this is obviously this is not the only time that there's been a scenario like this though i think there this is one of the first times that they've tried to successfully sue the developer and and georgia so what what do you think is is happening here and and what you know what what causes somebody to get to this point and then Blame the game instead of looking at their own their own behavior for what happened
2: it, it there's something that bothers me a lot when people don't take responsibility for their own actions because you can get addicted to almost anything anything that gives you a lot of dopamine is something that could cause a great strong sense of addiction so I have people that are addicted to exercise addicted to eating sugar um, addicting to, addicted to um you know. Playing games, addicted to wine, alcohol, you know. Can you name something I'm
1: not addicted to, Georgia?
0: Come on. <laughs> Come on. NyQuil. NyQuil. <laughs> NyQuil.
2: She's starting that one now. No,
0: yeah.
2: um, But you can be addicted to anything. And the problem is is that like what the developer of a game is trying to do is to give a game that's going to make you feel the most happy, the most enjoyable, want to continue playing it. That is their role they're trying to do that as you know a good game is going to be a game that gives you those happy feelings and so it's it goes against the thought of having radical responsibility and your own accountability for your actions and so yes games can be addictive and good games can be highly addictive that is absolutely true but should you fault a developer for making a really fabulous game that you love and I did have a discussion once with a game developer that that spoke to me about how, you know, should they, you know, be more careful about making games less addictive. And I don't think so. I think that your job is to make the best game that you can, and then it's our job to be aware of, is that something that we could be addicted to, or is it not something we we could be addicted to? Because if... He makes a claim and he gets it for this. Then someone's going to charge the exercise studio saying that they were addicted to that and, you know, their marriage went away. Someone else is going to blame chocolate and sue chocolate because they suddenly became, you know, a chocoholic and they ended up getting diabetes. It opens up a door that we should not go down because I think that, you know, you can't – if you spill the coffee on – and I'm not talking about the McDonald's coffee person. That coffee was way too hot, by the way. Um, and you can check out the burns on this person. Those were unnatural. No coffee should ever be that warm. But like, you know, there shouldn't be warnings on everything. Like, don't swallow this plastic bag because you may choke. Like, you, we should know not to swallow a whole plastic bag. It's not food. So you, we have to learn that we are responsible for our own actions. And I think that it does a great disservice to us as a people when the culture should take care of us when we should take care of ourselves first, And that's what growing up is about. It's about learning from your own mistakes. And if you did something wrong, you should take your own accountability instead of blaming everyone else for that. You know, you eat a jelly donut and you go in late for work because you enjoyed that jelly donut so much. Like, you're not – you shouldn't be uh, suing, like, Dunkin' Donuts. That just does not make sense. It's not their fault that they make great donuts.
1: And coffee. No, no. They do not make good donuts. They don't. That's but I have true. Tim Hortons here, right. so I, I, okay. I have. They, to, I they want do make to good coffee, though.
2: Right. They do make. Okay.
1: They're no Krispy so, Kreme, but you, you
2: know. know, I've talked on the
1: show <laughs> about um, you know my trip through rehab, uh, you know, and it's been well over a decade at this point, point. and you know, I was I was mega 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 addicted to um, you know prescription Ambien. And, um, one of the, my biggest lessons from rehab is I remember when we walked in the door and they flat out told us, they said that like, look, look around the room right now. Look at who's in your, your class right here. Um, because you know, the majority of people here, what were the rates? I think it was 95% of the people around you are going to have relapsed in, uh, five years. Which are terrible, terrible, terrible stats mm-hmm. um and I looked around the room, and you yeah, the the rehab program I did it was um uh it was actually the same program that Tiger Woods went to for sex addiction, so it was very it live at the hospital wow. uh, really Toiety. no it was it was really horseback riding stuff. yoga. No, 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 this was uh, they, they put you in a really sh- crappy apartment, and um, it was it was really, really intense. It was one of the most difficult experiences of my life. But one of the things I learned from that experience is they put us in the, this group therapy sessions, and what would happen is people would tell their story, and other addicts would mirror back their stories and tell them what they thought of it, being basically addict peers. And, like, people would end up, it was brutal. It was Mm -hmm. absolutely brutal of people basically confronting people with their own lies that they tell themselves because that's the way the addiction goes. Like, you justify it to yourself, and, like, other people in the room understand that, and they're not going to let you get away with your stuff. Invariably, 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 the people that left that program and were doing well in the program were people that were able to examine their actions and take a certain amount of accountability for that. And to say, you know what? I blew that. And to have people like tell them they made mistakes and, and hear that and respond to it. So, um, Georgia, my experience really completely mirrors exactly what you're saying. Um, you know, Uh, from a neural, neuroscience point of view, the point of making a game is to create this like dopamine feedback loop, like mm-hmm. build positive neural pathways in the brain that like uh, with this reward system. And, yeah. you know, um, as sympathetic as I am to like wanting people to get help for addiction, and I am, I think we should drastically fund that more. Um, I don't really think this lawsuit is a constructive way to kind of, um, you know, address a culture that, you know, basically enables a lot of different kinds of addiction.
2: Yeah, it infantilizes people by saying, yeah, well, you don't have any control to that. I think that, and that should be for everything. I think that we, the same thing for, you know, and, and this might be very controversial, but, you know, the same thing for drug addiction. I don't think that we should put people that are addicted to drugs in jail. I think that we should put them in rehab and help them to get help. Yeah. You know, they're they're harming themselves and it's something that's not good for them. But a lot of people go to any addiction because there's something that is off in their life and you know a video game as with anything else is a great way to avoid you know having to deal with something that may be more harsh or unpleasant in their life and it works it's highly effective but because of that it also can be you know highly dangerous and I'll at the end of this segment I'll talk about like you know are you you know how would you know if you're addicted to something and how could you help someone else that might be just because I think that that would be um, well, go ahead and I'll, talk about it now. That sure. sounds fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so, you know, how do you know if you're addicted to something versus if you just enjoy it? So the, the main term that I use is one is do I have to do it or do I want to do it? Want is one thing. Do I enjoy to do it? But if I have to do, and that's for anything, that is my first red flag that we might be dealing with something that is at an addiction level. Two, have you started to let this item overrun your life? Are you no longer eating when you should? Are you stopping exercise? Are you doing this instead of sleep? Are you going late to work? Are you not hanging out with your friends? Is this slowly encroaching? Two, three, can you put a time limit on it and then follow that time limit? And I think that all of us sometimes will be like, I just got to finish this boss, which is totally yeah. fine. But is this. Jeez, a- mom. <laughs> <laughs> ah! But is this a continual thing? And I keep on getting drawn further and further into it. The fourth most dangerous thing is that if you have something that gives you a highly addictive reaction, so that's flooding your brain with dopamine, what happens is that the real world starts to pale. Because this game, games are made to give, as Brie, as you would said so beautifully, a great feedback loop to reward system. And we love reward systems in our brain. And because it's so safe and so understandable when you will get something from a video game, the real world, I'm God in a video game and I'm just a regular person slogging through life as, as me, the video games become highly adaptive. And then what happens is that my brain will not be firing for regular real life situations and so going to the movies might be like but I could be raiding with my friends and when you start thinking that while you're at a movie that you would usually really enjoy those are kind of those trigger systems of like uh oh there's something that's you know taking hold of my life and then it's really hard to live without that level of dopamine so you go through this horrible horrible withdrawal and uh video games give you the same level of highs as, high as this cocaine so this is like a lot this is not a minimal amount of things so Did
1: you just say video games give you the same amount of high as cocaine?
2: They can yes if you're addicted to them for wow. sure. Oh yeah yeah. Wow. Yeah 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 yeah. No wow. no no it's 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 can be really quite bad um and and that's why it's so powerful and you just – and it can be to anything. It doesn't mean that video games are bad. It's us letting ourselves fall into a pit that's bad. So what do you do if you or someone else that you want is addicted to them? The first thing would be just to have a talk, like a really honest talk. They're going to be defensive. They're going to go through the cognitive dissonance of not wanting – to admit that, but at least it's a thought in their mind that they can then deal with. You cannot help anyone get off of an addiction unless you are a parent of a younger child. Then you have a certain amount of control, and I would take that control if I was, if it was my children. Just because this is something that's so difficult, like it's something that's really hard to get off yourself. Like if you're dealing with a strong addiction, um, you know, as Bri had gone in, like the best thing about rehab is not even the therapy because you may get great therapy, which is lovely, but it's the it's forcing you to spend time away from that thing that you're addicted to. And that's the most powerful part is that it's forcing you not to be there. So your brain can kind of come back from dopamine levels on its own. And so it's just the time constraint. Like you could like, you know, chain yourself up to a radiator. Don't do that. That's cruel. But um, it would be similar into its effect. Then if you get really great therapy as well, and you can honestly look at yourself and what do you want from your life? Like the funniest part is that In a video game, you're going to try to get, like, the best gear, and you're going to level your character up to, like, the highest level, and you're going to search for something, even if it's going to be really hard to find. But often when people are addicted to video games, they're doing that in the video game, but they're missing out on all the goodies of life they're not like trying to make themselves the best person with the best schooling or the best job or you know taking the most risk for the greatest benefit in their own life. So the the trap of the video game is that they're they're you're making your pixels really fabulous, but yourself you're letting yourself waste away in the process to that and probably not exercising or eating healthy or seeing friends that will make you feel better. And so you also want to think that in life, you want to have that same strategy. You want to grab everything, get it, take the risks. You know, strategize how you can get the most out of your life too, so that you can win at that as well. And so, as long as video games do not deal with that, um, do not take away from your own life, then you can just enjoy them.
3: I like to. There's a what is it called? The spoon theory or something that's um, used to explain people people's lives with like chronic illness and being like, basically it's like, okay, I've only got so many things I can do today and I need to delegate them out. And you have to think about that every day. And that's, you know, when, when you're using every one of your spoons on one thing and you're not, you know, using your energies like, okay, I also have to shower today and I also have to do these things and you're just using all of your energies on one thing, you know, that's when you're like, okay, this is the problem. But, you know, obviously addiction, you don't realize most of the time people who are addicts would not call themselves addicts. They don't, you know, they're not like, oh, yeah, I'm an addict and then keep going. Like they 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 assume they're normal. Like this is fine. This is what normal people do because it's just a slow change to what you're doing every day. And I, I remember back when World of Warcraft became a huge deal, there were people just like losing their jobs, not going to school. doing I mean I knew people personally that like – Um, I had a friend who, his girlfriend was so into the game, he had uh, broken his foot, and she wouldn't go to help him get his medication because she's like, I have a raid. I can't. Like, it, you know, becomes this thing where, like, no, 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 this is normal. And it's, you know, it's very hard to break someone out of being like, actually, that's not good. Like, you don't notice it yourself. You need that outside of, like, hey... Maybe, you know, you need some help here because once you start to get into something and you become less and less, you know, self-aware and making those excuses, it becomes that, you know, it's very easy to be like, oh, it's okay, I'll just shower tomorrow. Oh, you know, it's okay if I call out a day from work. It's okay. And it's that slippery slope that's easily, you know, you just kind of fall right into it. But I think also with just the legality, like just, you know, suing a game company because their game is addictive versus – you know, having a medication that is clearly labeled as this is, you know, addictive. You have doctors being like, okay, this is what you should be taking. This is what you should be doing. And there is a big difference between chemical addiction and, you know, the actual like other types of addiction and the psychology behind that. So it's like, you can label a drug that's like, don't take this drug too much. It will hurt you. And, you know, cause everyone taking that amount of drug eventually like that's bad for you. But you can't be like, okay, here, you know, then we start to get into like prohibition at this point. Like, no one can have anything that anyone could maybe abuse. And that's just not gonna end well.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Can I can I just ask one before we move on, just like one devil's advocate question. Oh, the devil
1: has a lot of advocates, Steve. (laughs) You should check out my Twitter. I know. Check out my Twitter. I'm not one
0: of those devil's advocates. No. Okay, okay.
3: Not all devil's advocates.
0: Yeah, not (laughs) so. Like, we're moving towards, you know, a world where more games are going to be free-to-play, and not not even necessarily on mobile, but, you know, you have MOBAs, you have, uh, you know, a number of multiplayer games that aren't MMOs that are going to a free-to-play system and a lot of what those do is they try to get you into the game on a daily basis like heroes of the storm will have daily quests that you'll do to earn gold to be able to buy more characters and if you don't go in at least every couple of days those quests start going away and you start losing those opportunities for gold and stuff like that like are there any responsibilities that that the the developers have when they're starting to put these systems in place to make sure that they're not liable for somebody becoming addicted to their game in that way when they you know, their monetary incentives are sometimes going to be in lead, lead them to a way that you could make a game potentially be described as addictive in that way.
1: I would bet almost anything that if I read through the iTunes, uh, terms and conditions that there would be like a a disclaimer clause in there to like, you know, indemnify Apple from that Mm. though. Yeah. Though I guess she could come through and do me. Uh, I don't know. Um, (sighs) You know, a very cautious lawyer would probably say yes. Um, for a long time, like I remember playing Final Fantasy uh, Final Fantasy 11, 11. Right. And when you would log on, it would say, like, remember to shower and take care of yourself, yeah. like when you would do that. So, um, you know, but, you know, Stevie, I, I hope this doesn't come off as an uh, attack against you. Um, but something I really do notice that deeply bothers me. Is I see a lot of parents really pushing their responsibility for taking care of their kids over onto game developers and like making it so our responsibility is to you know it gets in in app purchase stuff and like content warnings and all of this and I I just you know it's not a, a methodology that I subscribe to I I, I frankly don't understand it.
0: I mean, I'm the same way. Like, I, you know, I learn how to lock everything down so that if yeah. it's if they go through and they somehow manage to buy, you know, 50 packs of Hearthstone cards somehow, then first of all, they better be buying it on my account so I get them. But right. um, <laughs> but but you know, if very they do, bad. Don't do that. Yeah, Daddy is
1: but, very uh, disappointed. You know, if they if they yeah. do
0: something like that, that's on me. That's not. I wouldn't go ahead and turn around and you know and blame the developer for that. But I know that there are some people who would.
1: There are. I was talking the other day about about this and um you know, what was it? Kanye West was talking about how oh yeah frustrated he was when um you know, like there was a
0: Yeah, a, one of those kids' apps was make was doing an in app purchase or something. Right. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, you know, and I was like, developers gotta get paid. And I yeah. had a bunch of angry parents beating down my door about that. And it's just I <sighs> I don't know. It's almost the perfect intersection of like parental entitlement and, you know, like, um, you know, the economics where so many people are stretched thin and feel very stressed. So
0: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the time to be upset about that was five years ago when that could take you by surprise. I mean, if yeah. you, you know, if you're handing a device to a kid and you don't, you know, without knowing what they can get themselves into by now, you know, after we've been living with it for so long, I don't think you can really pass that, you know, that when the Smurf berries were a thing,
2: the Smurf berries was a problem because the Smurf berries, you could, uh, once you'd already gotten the game, it kept you logged in. So you could make pre-app purchases without having to have a login again. And so that was actually like on Apple's part, they, that was a little bit, they didn't think that that would happen. And then like a thousand, you know, Smurf berries later. Um, you know, people were noticing that they have like $600 of Smurthberry purchases on their card. So I think that that was like Apple just like they shouldn't, you yeah. shouldn't be once logged in. It should be your choice whether you have to put in a password all the time because, you know, yeah, if my kids use my phone, like suddenly they're like, Ooh, I like this game. It's only have 16 games on it. Um, so I think that Apple took care of that in a really nice way. Um, but I think that to your point, Steve, I think that then if that was the case that that developers would have to be liable for very addictive games that have made it, then we would have to first go to games that are actually like gambling games. Those would be the first, like, we have, like, legalized gambling in the States and in Canada by going to casinos. Now, yeah, the government runs them, so they make the profits off of this, but we already have that. And so if we were going to go after something, we should go after the one that you're going to lose your money, your house, be in debt, and, and have huge repercussions to that. Before we would then go to a video game where, yes, you are still maybe going to be addicted and, you know, have to go through how you get yourself out of it. But it's not as huge of a cost as it would be something that is straight up there to take your money. Like the house always wins. And well, so that's that's something that would be a greater propensity to say that that is more nefarious than, say, a video game.
0: Okay. I think that's well said. All right. So, um, so we want to move on to our last topic, which um, there was a... There was an article in on Remeshed, which is a new site that's from uh, the people who run Pixelkin, that's uh, focusing on women on women in gaming, about how women are not making as many commentary videos on YouTube uh, as men. There, there's uh, more women who are making like let's plays and um, and like reaction videos and stuff like that, but actual commentary uh videos there there's a lack of representation there and it was a a pretty good i'll obviously we'll have a link to this in the show notes that goes through a lot of the a lot of the um the reasons for that um but Ginny, since we had you on the show i think this was something that we would want to you know get your opinion on as well as as if that's something that that you're seeing as well and and you know how you feel about you know what it what it is like to be you know a YouTuber and a woman and and the kind of challenges that you face that, that men in the space don't face.
3: Well, I think, I mean, obviously there's definitely from the get go, there's a fear just in general of any woman posting themselves online, especially with their face attached to it, because Mm -hmm. the amount of the kinds of criticism that are there for men are very different from the kinds of criticism that are there for women. And, I think it is partly, you know, a lot of women just don't need that in their lives and don't want the hassle of it. Um, They've seen what's been going on, and they've seen, you know, the few women that do do commentary on video games, and, you know, obviously we've seen the harassment that comes along with it. Um, But I think also, because women, you know, have been at a disadvantage for so long within the gaming community, and the first... It was almost like the first way that women kind of worked their way into being more recognized into the gamer culture was to be like, oh, hey, I'm just one of you guys. And having to, like, have a certain persona and try to, you know, don't don't make any of the men angry and, you know, try to be like, oh, look, I'm just cute and I like to play video games and I, this is a safe thing. I'm not threatening you. And, you know, we're just now coming out of that and being like, actually, you know, again, going back to women are people – <laughs> and we could maybe like have opinions and stuff. I know that's really weird, but so I think it's, you know, it's just, we've been on the outside of, you know, that boys club for a while. And it's taken us a while to be like, no, 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 we are allowed to be here. Um, And, you know, unfortunately it is, there's just so much harassment that happens you know, within fandom in general and especially in gaming. And I think that, yeah, there's a lot of women that are like, you know what, I'd rather, you know, keep my sanity.
2: Which which gives a lot of, of you know, it's really sad because um, the diversity in opinions is something that helps all of us grow to see something from a different... Like the problem with having only one, I'm going to say type of person, just to say, you know, to have one thought wave to come at us is that It doesn't challenge our own belief systems and help us grow as a person. And so, like, even if you're hiring (laughs) people for a company, you want to hire diverse people from different walks of life that will look at things from a different viewpoint than you will. And so it's nice to have people that have gone through poverty, that are living, like, a really rich life, that are black, that are white, that are, you know, green, aliens. That that counts. Pandas. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Because they will look at it from a different perspective than you might not see. And that's really, really powerful for a company. And it's really powerful for us as a culture. And so we need more people to give us diverse thoughts so then we can evolve and, you know, through that evolvement, make better decisions and look at things a little bit more honestly. Like we all lie to ourselves and we all look at the world through our own facet of the crystal. But it gives us more facets to look at things. It's like that old adage where, you know, <clears throat> one guy grabs an elephant and grabs their trunk and says, oh, you know, it's a leech, and the other person drops the tail and says it's a lion, and the other person grabs like the the leg of the, 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 the elephant and says, oh, it's a tree trunk. Like, you know, if we could all like pool that knowledge base, we still might be wrong. <laughs> you know, we might be like, it's a hippo, but at least with the long trunk, maybe not a hippo, it's snuffleupagus, but at least we'll be closer <laughs> to the truth than we would be just in our own little bubble.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, Jimmy, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show today is something I'm very interested in understanding. From the outside, it seems like there's so much structural discrimination against women that YouTube in the game sphere. One of the reasons I was so, frankly, pissed off this year at the Gamer Awards is, you know, who had one one freaking woman judge out of fifty two, I'm gonna say it one time one more time. One woman judge out of fifty-two judges, for How the many? Game Awards. How many Brie? One woman out of fifty-two. That's very and What few. were there what were their five nominations for the YouTube category? Five straight white male game bros. And yeah, you know, there's some people on that list I like more than others, but it's a very, very limited perspective. So, Jenny, my my question to you is Like, help me understand that. Like, why is there such a dearth of perspective? Like, why are Game Bros the only people that seem to be succeeding commercially in that space?
3: Well, I think it's, you know, it's what it started out as and what it, you know, guess what? White straight men are the most marketable. And so those are going to be the people that, you know, first and foremost are going to get the views or are going to get promoted. And then once that ball starts rolling, it's very difficult for other people to catch up to that. And honestly, with just within YouTube in general and, you know, just in the gaming community, it is so important for those people that are up at the top of, you know, whatever it is, whoever's got the most views and, you know, the most popular, the most sponsored. It is their responsibility, I feel like at least partly, to uplift other people that haven't had you know, the chances that they've had or like, you know, give other people a voice and like, you know, once, once you, whether or not you chose to become really popular, um, I feel like you have a responsibility to your own community and Mm -hmm. you should be wanting to make it better and you should be wanting it, you know, to be good for you because the people that are up top, those popular people, those, you know, whoever they are, they are fine. No Mm -hmm. one's going to come up and take what they have. Helping other people is only going to better the entire community. And unfortunately it is, I think it's also very like everybody against each other. And, you know, they feel like, oh, if I promote someone else or I help someone else, it's hurting me when that's insane.
1: See, this is, you know, and everything you just said makes a lot of sense to me. I also suspect, though, it ties into our first topic, which is about women representing, women being uncomfortable, like um, seeing ourselves as gamers. I think women have been trained that we do not belong to the um, to the gamer community. And it's, it's just out there in every way it could possibly be. So, like, Ginny, when I watch your videos... I I tune in and I subscribe because I think you are smart as hell and you bring a perspective that I enjoy. But I think there are fewer Briannas than there... I think there are fewer Briannas out there than there are a lot more people that are going to find somebody like Greg Miller or, you know, he who shall not be named Biscuit on the show. You know, like, I, I think there's a lot more people that, because the culture... Um, basically is programmed for them i think it makes them feel welcome which is where i think you get into this other kind of um this is a discrimination exists across the entire industry yet very generally speaking women that get in front of the camera for gamers are expected to be 10 out of 10 gorgeous and you know i think that is another thing that just sends a very difficult message out there i think i think that we're basically taught that this community doesn't belong to us
3: no, it's, it's definitely a representation issue. I mean, that's, you know, it's been shown. I mean, there's, I'm sure that you guys have read, you know, like what it does to actually see someone that you can identify with to be in a position that, you know, that's something you want to do. Like, you know, that's why we're now pushing for, you know, more women to be in game developing and, you know, being engineers and doing all this stuff because you have to be, If you're in it, you've got to make sure, like, whether or not you want to be, you're a role model. Like, whether or not you signed up for it, like, you are. And you're pushing and being like, hey, guess what? You're allowed to do this. So when it starts out with only straight white guys are the ones that are, you know, getting their voice heard, it's because then other white guys go, oh, I feel like I can do that, too. And thus it's just a vicious cycle of a bunch of straight white guys getting their voices out there. And when you don't see... People of color, and you don't see women or you know anyone else that isn't that demographic. You're like, oh well, this isn't a place for me. I, this is not, you know, I don't, I don't fit in here.
0: I think that's well said. All right, so uh, so should we go on? Should we go on to what we're playing then? Or Hold so, Jenny, you are guest. So uh, so what uh, what games are you playing this week or you know recently that you want to talk about?
3: Well, I was actually because we were talking about uh, Final Fantasy Tactics uh, the other week. I actually just uh, started
0: a new game <laughs> of oh, replaying awesome. Final
3: Fantasy Tactics, because it is one of the best things that exists on this planet. <laughs>
0: it, it's, you know, this is one of the few games that that Bree and I actually agree on. So it's that, 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 I think it's like that in Mass Effect, and that might be the end of the, li- <laughs> the, end of the list. <laughs> so I, that's, you know, it's, it's easily one of the best games of all time, even if I played it on my phone, which is probably the worst possible way to play it. But even there it was a uh, What came? What came? Final Fantasy Tactics.
1: Yeah.
0: Love that game. Oh, uh, it's so good. Um You yeah, know,
1: it's
3: it, it, but that's the thing too is like I you know, there's a lot of people they'll they'll go back to playing old games and then they're like, "Oh, look at how crappy these graphics are." Look at like, you know, people get really I think you know, got really spoiled on the like really shiny pretty games. And I'm like, I could care less what graphics look like on a game. So I'm true. I'm like, is there a good story? Is it fun to play? I'm good. I don't care if it's tiny little boxes talking
2: to each other. I, I, it's like playing Adventure on Atari. Still an awesome game. It's oh, awesome. I hate that
0: game so much. That was a great game. Oh, no. I have, I have nightmares about that game.
2: Oh, man. That dragon eating you is oh, yeah, it's just, Yeah, you're just a square, Ginny. You're just like a little square. And I'm like, it's still an awesome game.
0: Uh, except yeah. when they tried that, when they try to fix it like with final fantasy 6 and they just released the the one with like the new sprites onto steam the one that was from the mobile version
1: oh that, that was terrible yeah they did that they, they that did that was for a steam war too crime. yeah oh my god
0: yeah so what
1: the frack
0: yeah so i don't know why they would make that decision because i mean i have the the version that was the ps1 classic and those graphics are great i don't know why they have, felt like they had to do something to it
1: I, I'm telling you, I've never been in a fight in my life, but if I ran into the art director that okayed that art style at, like, GDC, I would, like, what did you do? What, what were you thinking? Jeez. Like, it's so bad.
0: It's really bad.
1: She'd, she'd go all Brianna on them. It's like a Fisher-Price toddler, like, redrew all the Final Fantasy graphics. It's so bad. Oh. oh. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh. Uh, well, well before, before you get too upset, are you, are you up to no, telling us? No, I can't. What you're... I'm, I'm really upset about that game. Okay.
1: Uh, so, <laughs> you know, one of the things, one of the great parts of being extremely sick, like the best part of being yeah. super, super sick, is you get to play a lot of games.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Guilt free. Guilt free because you're letting your body heal.
1: Right. Yeah. I unfortunately have been so fevery. I have not been able to play any games because I can't freaking Uh, concentrate. You see, that's like the worst thing.
2: That's the worst thing. That was like like playing being pregnant while World of Warcraft was out. It was like I can't even play. It's so
1: sad. How can you not play pregnant while?
2: Because I would get I would I was nauseous and so then moving from the game made me more nauseous. It was so sad because I'm like 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 a thousand pounds and I can't move out of the bed. You know, picture Jabba. It was me. Yeah. And uh, it was just really hard to go anywhere. But I couldn't play video games because they would make me nauseous, and so I would just sit there.
0: That's like adding insult to injury. (laughs) It
2: was so bad. It was so bad. Were you just
0: like "uta buta," Anthony? See, I got I can spell that, so that could be the title of the episode. Yeah, yeah look it up online. Yes.
1: Yeah, so uh, I I've been trying. Like, I tried to give Mass Effect One a shot on my Xbox One, and then I realized like I'm not gonna be able to play Mass Effect Two, so there's no point in doing this. Um, Yeah, I tried to play Beyond, like, go through that one again. So, to be honest with you, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy Tactics on my uh, PSP, and today um, I I started a Dragon Age playthrough. I love Bioware games, but I have not been able to get into Dragon Age Inquisition, and I feel bad because I've beaten every other uh, Dragon Age game multiple times. So... Um, you know, I canceled work for the next week at GSX, um, so I'll have some time to myself, and I'm I'm really gonna try to hunker down and finally get into Dragon Age. So we'll see if it takes this time.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I, good luck to you because I was I had trouble with the hinterlands. I think we both did, right? Like yeah. it's the hinterlands that no, it's like, the hair. It's the oh, hair. Oh, well, the Gin- hair too. Gin- Ginny,
1: have you played Dragon Age Inquisition?
3: only a bit i i'm very like i've been trying to stay away from getting involved in new games until next year just cuz i've been like i am one of those people that i i will start making excuses of like i can play for like another hour and then yeah. it'll turn into like yeah. oops it's three in the morning
1: right. um
3: so i've been very And then you're in like, a
1: lawsuit and then isometric is making a topic about it. Then you That's we're and talking about, it's, about Jenny. Jenny like it's, it's just a whole
3: spiral of badness <laughs> right. of bad need. so i've been very like Kind of keeping away from the new games and kind of just being like, oh, I'll watch, I'll watch like my friends play or something. I'll be like, okay, good. I'm getting like a little fix from it. But I'm like, I can't like invest any more time because I will just like be like, oh, no, I'm just going to play this. Oh, wait, what day is it? So I've been very bad about like new games just this year in general because it's been such a crazy year.
1: Totally, totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say, like, it's it's really frustrating trying to get back to it, because the, the character creator is even worse than I imagined. Like, oh. the hair, like, we did a whole isometric topic on the hair, and I'm not going to rehash it, but it's even worse than I imagined. It's like, when you think back on the Bush administration, and then you're like, "Oh, that was bad," and then you start reading about what actually happened in the Bush administration, you're like, "Oh, I can't even believe that happened!" Like it was like that. Going back to the Dragon Age uh, hair creator, so um, yeah, whoever did that feature needs to be fired from Bioware. Maybe like, it's the same person
0: was... who did the sprites for Final Fantasy oh, VI. Oh, that God. could be.
1: That God. could be. Demon, demon, <laughs> There's some
3: terrible troll that's just <laughs> infiltrating the gaming like creators yeah. and just being like passing themselves off as like capable and then just right. making us angry like on purpose.
1: Right, like,
0: that's yeah. what's happening. You've no, got like it's... a Jedi mind trick of like these these graphics are fine and
1: they have seven different bald characters. <laughs> you have like fourteen <laughs> hairstyles and seventeen. It's like it's like the Lego. It's like the Lego hair. Right. It's like, do you want her hair to be one millimeter high? Or two millimeters high? Four (laughs) millimeters high. It's like, can you make some damn hair? (laughs) Can you make some polyplanes? I will... Make this for you in Maya and ship it over to your you damn see, studio. You see, what they don't
2: understand ah. is that that is important to female gamers. I important. will spend most of my time making my character. I might spend more time making my character than playing the game, and I right. enjoy it. So there's right. a lot of female gamers, and hair is important. It
1: is very important. Very
2: important. important.
1: I've, I've told this Shh. story before for Rev60, and we get picked on all the freaking time for this. But, like, when we created our characters— Every other game out there says, oh, we're going to throw our characters into a freaking ponytail that's stapled to the back of their head in a claw clip. And I'm like, no, we are going to have hair that flows down and we are going to animate the hair around their face so it's pretty. And we animated the frack out of that. And, like, Amelia has, like, what is it, 24 mesh-influencing bones in her hair? And, like you see her as she's walking around it's animated by hand like as she's moving it's gorgeous and that stuff is important like amelia has gorgeous hair in her game so yeah i feel very strongly (laughs) yeah
3: (laughs) i was just gonna say um especially like with the whole like oh you know the character creation the, the hair the hair and like personalizing characters in general um women are, are told, you know, oh, that's vain. You shouldn't care about that. You shouldn't, you know, we're told how to feel about everything. Right. And we're told, like, this isn't important. And we're like, no, no, no. It's not important to you. Right. <laughs> There's a difference. And, you know, having women in you know, creating games and and being engineers and doing all of these things is important because guess what? There's an entire market for people who want pretty hair.
2: But you see, that's why it's so important for people to hire women so that they can say that so that then they understand because they may have never thought that this is something that women would actually care about and it would bother people if not, because then they might understand. So diversity works. It works to make you more money. It'll make Add you more so money. Th-
3: that's what I don't get is like the give them money. Like people want to pay you for this. Yeah, Why do yeah, you yeah. not want their yeah, money? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Be selfish. <laughs> do this for your own selfish, greedy reasons. Be diverse so you will make more money. There oh, we yeah.
0: go. Yeah. So Georgia, well, they- what are you what, what 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 uh publishers are you paying for their games this week? Okay,
2: here we go. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm <gonna laughs> Who are you throwing money my, at? In my in my uh, state that I was when I was playing um you know, World of Warcraft. Here we go.
1: <laughs> Georgia, your Canadian accent was really strong for a while. Is it coming through? I couldn't,
0: was yeah. It I had trouble understanding, you have you trouble understanding your me? accent. I thought, yeah. I thought I was going to yeah. ask
2: you to translate.
0: Oh, okay. So it was nice to hear your falcon in the background there. <laughs> that
2: was true. <laughs> he sits on my shoulder. He sits on my shoulder. So um we haven't gotten to play it yet, but I've gotten Crawl, um, which is really cool because it's a multiplayer game, so I can play it with my kids. And what happens is that um, your friends control all the monsters. You battle through the dungeon, and if um, you get killed, then you take your place to inhabit the monsters and try to kill everyone else. So it's... Um, Really, really fun, and I'm really excited to play it. But we've been like doing shopping and buying food and um stuff like that, so I haven't gotten the time to play it yet. Wait,
1: you didn't show up prepared this week?
2: I, did, I, did, I didn't.
1: <laughs> I hold didn't, on, hold on. Quit. I'm writing this down. No. F no. minus. Oh, no, You're gonna give her a, a Dow. No. F minus. Did I fail again? No. You failed. You failed.
2: Oh. Wait, wait. This, t- is that, this is how I feel about that, Brie. This is how I feel about that.
1: school <laughs> <laughs> Silly Jedi. Silly Jedi.
2: that's how i feel about that
1: okay uh, okay good thing
0: you can oh, translate just, that
2: it's it's mostly expletives
0: well, okay i'll bail you out georgia because I'm, I'm in the same boat that you are Because oh, no! well i've <laughs> been
1: the,
0: i've been pretty oh. much the only one in my house who has not been sick since the last time we recorded so like Maureen's been like laid out with this ridiculous ear infection for like a full week, and then we've had a stomach bug going through the house. So I've been try I've been taking care of everybody else. So You've I've been really yeah. So I've I've only really had time for Heroes of the Storm and and the other game that I won't mention that we all know that I've been playing because you know that's that my life's no work. Name. Um, but I-, I do want to give up. Out-
1: I'm gonna tell you this. Yeah? I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna give you some advice. A friend of mine okay gave me. When he decided to follow his dream and go to bartending college. Yeah. And you know what he told me? He said, Brianna, you have to make time for an education.
0: You have to make time to play games, <laughs> Steve Lubitz. Well, I have. It's just mostly been Hearthstone. I got it up to rank eight again. So, or, well, I hit rank eight for a little bit. So I'm, I'm you know, oh. that's my life's work. But I, uh, but I do have oh. uh, Rock Band 4 coming tomorrow uh which yeah well you know i'm excited about it and <laughs> I, and I mean, uh,
1: oh i'm sorry i misspoke i'm sorry yeah, yeah and yeah. uh
0: and also jessica dennis was nice enough to um give me a hanukkah gift of a game called aviary attorney which is basically the bird dating game except that instead of bird dating you're bird lawyering <laughs> um so it <laughs> takes place in like I haven't gotten to play it yet, but I've been watching some of the trailers, and I'm really excited to get to it this week because it, it you're basically you're you're a bird in 19th century France, and you're solving crimes, and you're you're taking like wolves and lions to to task and bringing the – It's like it's basically like Phoenix Wright, but with birds. Um, and and you play JJ Falcon, and you you have your trusty sidekick Sparrowson, and. Ooh. You're a bird solving crimes. So.
2: You're, you're surviving on a, a wing and a prayer.
0: Oh, Georgia, you're stealing my dad jokes.
1: <laughs> I, I, I can't believe you cannot play that game first before finishing Danganronpa.
2: Yeah, you, but, you but, but, it, but he
1: bought it for cheap. But, but, it was a, but you, it was you already own Danganronpa. Yeah. yeah. It was just a gift. Just go understand. Jenny, <laughs> I have to say, you could pull off the most badass Junko and Oshima ever who is the awesome character from Dangamropa. You should you should look at cosplaying her. You would be badass.
3: Oh, dude, I would, Like that's also one of those things where i like, if I do start getting into, like, okay, I want to look at characters, and then I'm like, I want to play this game. I want to play that game. Oh, that yeah. looks good. And then I just get like, yeah. overwhelmed with, like, there's so many things I want to play. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> what, do you get, like, option anxiety?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, almost just, like, once I can if, treat I, that. If, I, if I say I want to do one thing, then I want to do everything. <laughs>
1: Georgia can give you the I help you need. I can cheat that. Yeah. <laughs> She's got some videos for that I hear. I
2: probably do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: well, I actually, I am um, I play Tetris to keep my anxiety in check. So, really? Yeah, I got yeah. it like I have it on my computer and I have it on my phone. And so I'll just I'll, I'll allow myself throughout the day to be like, "Okay, you're allowed to take, you know, 20 minutes or something to play one game of Tetris." So you don't have to think about anything else for this 20 minutes and watch the little blocks <laughs> go into their little spots. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's a good one, actually, for dealing with anxiety, because it, um, it you want some a distraction for a distraction game. You want something that's going to have like your entire yeah. brain is going to be involved in it and uh, keeps your mind from cycling through your cycling thoughts or trigger thoughts that are causing you anxiety. And it's time delayed, so you will die if you start worrying too much. So it keeps your focus on something else until your limbic system says, OK, I'm done.
0: So, uh, so Jenny, where can, uh, where can people find, uh, find your YouTube videos and more about you and all the stuff that you're doing?
3: Um, I mean, you can just go to my website, JennyMcQueen.com. Pretty much every single social media thing that I have is just Jenny McQueen, so I'm not that hard to find.
0: Okay, awesome. And, um, do, Georgia, Bree, do you have anything else that you want to direct people towards this week? Or
1: uh, I had a book that came out today.
0: <laughs> a book?
1: <laughs> yeah. What's it called? You have to say the name. Women in Tech. Women in Tech. Oh, uh, oh I only really? Wrote a, I only wrote a chapter in it, uh, but uh, that's available on Amazon. Uh, my chapter's good. I haven't read <laughs> anyone else's chapters. <laughs> well, your, yours is really the only one that matters. That's
2: all that matters. You Just download Breeze.
1: So it is a true story about uh, me almost dying. It is another one of my many stories about nearly dying. And, what what um, happens in the end? Uh, I die
2: oh. and I come no, back as can't. a zombie don't, don't in that. the
1: spoilers, game industry. Spoilers yeah. Brief. yeah, buy oh, the book sorry to find that. out what happens. No, seriously. So, uh, what about? Uh, you know, Tara came to me and she's like, "Look, I want to write a pragmatic." Um, a really pragmatic book about women in tech, what to do, how to handle it, um, like basically pass on p- to people your knowledge and your story. So um, I did write that book, and that came out. Uh, so there you go. That's out there. I also want to say, um, you know, like can we plug uh, our Relay thing one more time? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, yeah, yeah. we have to get or do, you, or do you
0: want me to do it so you can save your voice? Yeah, yeah, if you could go ahead and say that, yeah. One way that you can support the show, if you want to, and it's not, you know, it's not mandatory. We're still going to be running ads on the show that you know that will help support no, the show Christmas. as well. It's, it's, it is, it it's Christmas. It's mandatory. But it's mandatory. We want and we want.
2: <laughs> I want it's my, my it's Christmas my loot. rift fund. We right.
0: want. We want Frank to be able to drive a tank, and we want Georgia to be able to buy a Wii U. So if you go over to the Isometric oh, uh, show yes. page at, at Relay FM slash Isometric, uh, right below the show header. There, is, there are three buttons that you can press, and one of them will uh, donate $5 a month uh, to the show, and one of them will donate $10 a month to the show, and one of them will donate $100 a year to the show. And, and it's wow. just another way. You want to hit for- that button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the right button to press. Um, So if you press one of those buttons, that will help support
1: the show. It'll help support us. It'll help support Frank in driving a tank. Yes. That is Frank's dream. Frank in
0: it- a tank. And more importantly, it'll support Georgia finally getting a console. So: So
1: really, can we have an adult conversation about this, Steve? Because I want to withhold all of Georgia's payments, <laughs> you know, from this show until she gets a Wii U. And I, I just want to Oculus ship more. a Wii U. Can get you know, Oculus I want to ship it to her house. Jets? Well, if you we'll, get a PS4, we'll,
0: then you can get PlayStation VR. and I, I actually just saw that GameStop has a bundle. Of th- uh, all three refurbished consoles for like five hundred and sixty dollars, and I think that's a very attainable goal. That's a very good deal. Yeah. We're, we're we're holding your money. Oh, <laughs>
1: you're
2: a horrible person. What, you know what you I say do? to that? Come down here.
1: Yeah. That's how I feel about that. All right, all right. Come on down to the United States, Georgia. Bring it on. <laughs> we're America. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs>
0: But she see she's got enough maple syrup to be able to set a trap and then we'd be so sticky we wouldn't be able to chase her.
1: There's no way Georgia's gonna find my address. She's not gonna go to 4chan <laughs> and just ask them. She's not that smart. <laughs> she's not gonna go to Kotaku in Action and say, Where can I find Brianna Wu's house and get pictures of my license plate and all yep. of that?
0: She's not gonna do that. Yeah. No, Georgia jo- yeah. Georgia, Georgia's much more sneaky. She would send her Falcon I would to find just out. Ask. <laughs> Anyway, so you can also find the show notes at that sh- at that um, that address, which is relay.fm/isometric, or you can go to isometricshow.com. Um, either one of those will work. Um, you can uh, rate and review the show on iTunes as well. That helps us out a ton. Um, you can send us feedback uh, via email to feedback at feedback@isometricshow.com. If there's anyone who's you know who you want who you want to talk about, who's been a guest on the show, you want to hear more of, let us know. Yeah. Um, and you know we're we're taking a lot of that stuff into account as well. And um, you can find all of us on Twitter. Uh, the show's account is at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good. And Brie, where can people find you? Jenny McQueen fan uh, on
1: Twitter at Jenny McQueen fan, or on my uh, less used account Space Cat Gal.
0: And uh, Georgia, where can people find you and your Falcon? <laughs> So on Tatooine,
2: then. Oh, well, that translates into if you're dealing with anxiety or have sleep issues, you can find us on anxiety videos.com or on Twitter. It's Georgia underscore Dow.
0: So uh, thank you, as always, for listening, and isometric workers transform and roll out. <laughs>